And I think that's what they mm-hmm. the hell in Revelation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the pre-study conversations on this podcast because they're always really good. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, if you would put Sharon May's family, because her, her dad died. Yeah. And um, Larry, please. I was a Roman Catholic for 43 years. Larry, I had Larry in and the uh, parochial school system Larry, raised by nuns Jenny. and priests. Jenny, yeah, and also I was thinking of Larry. It was all boys Catholic yeah. high school. And purgatory was a place where you could pray people out with mass, mass cards and special indulgences and all that kind of crap. And after I became a, a real believer, I used to go into some of the Catholic bookstores and uh, I told them about you know, make unto thee no graven image, whether in heaven's earth or under the earth. You know, I said, why are you people selling all this stuff? I, you know, there's so many places I got kicked out. I'd just go in there to sharpen my sword a little bit, you know. And I know I was being bad. I wish I did have that long Kicks just keep getting harder to find. But when my mom died, there was still a bunch of Roman Catholic people that were, were giving these uh, mass cards for a high mass or a low mass over there. And I took them to the rectory and talked to the priest. Yeah, and I asked him, I said, how many more of these mass cards do I need to get to spring my mom out of hell or purgatory? Yeah. And he's looking at me kind of funny. I said, you guys got quite a racket going He didn't like me very much. <laughs> Most of those things were invented to uh, as an income process for Absolutely. the church. Indulgences you could pay for you could buy sin, you free man of Yeah, or you can buy sins you haven't even committed yet. Pay for them up front. Well, we got a special this week on uh, adultery. <laughs> it's just how many you want. Well, the whole idea of going to a priest to confess your sins negates the whole purpose of Christ and the cross. Everything's not great. Try to, try to keep them lines tight and we'll get them all on one side if we can. If, if we can't, that's okay. But Ray can write small enough. I know. <laughs> he can. He can write the smallest stuff I've ever seen, I believe. I never could. I always write bigger probably than I need to. They pushed him in the second grade because I was writing them letters and stuff. Big, yeah. So that's too big. So I, did, I know it's the smallest. Paul said he wrote dribble. such a large uh, he, that his letters were so. Uh, that's debatable as to yeah. what he's talking about. A, there. Long, a long letter. I mean, yeah. It could be a long letter, or it could be writing. And I mean, because they said, well, Paul had vision problems, which is possible. I don't know. Well, he did. His scales fell off his eyes, you know, and his eyes ran. So. But I mean, you know, you go into Second Corinthians. 13, yes it is, or is it 12, it's, uh, it's 12, it's where he's talking about, he, he, he saw, you know, heaven, he saw paradise, 12, yeah, and he says, and because of these revelations, uh, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, more or less keep him humble. Now, people decided that that's some kind of a physical infirmity. I'm not sure for a couple reasons. One, spirit. he said it's a buffeting spirit. One is he hung out with a lot of apostles and was himself one. And where's the spirit gift of healing? Doesn't maybe always work. Okay, I get that. 
But he asked three times that this spirit be taken away from him. It was said it's a to buffet him, and it's a thorn in his flesh. Now the flesh is the tendency to sin. Talked in Romans seven about finding out what coveting was because of the law. So he had this sinful problems, you know. And um, I think he was wanting God to take away this little character spiritual spirit world character tempting him and uh, because and the reason I say it God answered him he asked him three times and he said no wouldn't do it and he said my grace is sufficient for you now when we avail ourselves of God's grace we do that because we have done what we have sinned you know when, when grace God's grace does not you know compensate us for a bad back bad knee or anything like that we need his grace because we have sinned so it, to me it gives reasons particularly because he was with he knew other apostles he knew people spirit gift of healing all spirit gifts why would he be going around with you know uh, hurting or can't see whatever i think there's at least some because the thorn in the flesh wasn't taken away the thorn in the flesh wasn't taken away. And, but what and was that you thorn? you got to ask the question, does God actually answer that prayer when we say, take away my bend to sin, take away my bend to do anything? Will he? To me, I think that's what Paul was asking, and I think that's what God said. My grace is sufficient. Yes, you're sinning. Yes, you're on your way to Macedonia, eating the dust of chariots and horses and, and, and feeling like you might like to have one of those transportation devices yourself. Um, you know, coveting. Which you need travel in one accord? A uh, Honda? I read that in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and Moses triumphed across the desert, so he had a bike. Do you have a place for... Uh... Bible boot camp. See, could use the pit. a stool in the corner. Yeah. Stool in the corner with a dunce hat or something. What would life be? Yeah, you got to have that hat on top, right? Yeah. I'm just telling you what I've read. It's in the Bible. I think. I think Bob brings up some good points sometimes. Oh, yeah. He does. Yeah. Hey, you know, it says laughter does a heart good like a medicine medicine like a heart something like that anyway god gave us a laugher and a merry heart it. A merry it's like a medicine mm -hmm. but if Stu was here i'd be reprimanded big time what are you really? yes, for laughing good. yeah for laughing oh you're not allowed to laugh i've never seen him laugh mm. in he, catholic school you mean no my next turn i think it's in psalm 2 god sits in the heavens and laughs <laughs> so God's laughing, yeah. Laughs and the scorn, yeah. Yeah. You seem half stupid, don't you? <clears throat> the Lord shall have him in derision. Yeah. Heard a minister say one time that for comic, <coughs> comic relief in heaven, that God the Father and Jesus Son take out the, the man's theology books and rip page to them. <laughs> and that may be true, but. And people sometimes dismiss the the uh, need to study because, oh, everybody disagrees or, oh, you're not going to ever figure it all out. But we have been told to study to show ourselves approved 
So, you know, he wants us to study. He didn't say we'd figure all of it out, but we could certainly figure a whole lot of it out. You know, um, once we understand the the Trinity and that we too have a body, soul, and spirit like God, and you have to witness to a Muslim. See, the in Islam they they teach that uh, these people that say God is more than one, they're they're blaspheming. That's what the Muslims teach. But you can ask one of them. What part of you goes to Allah when your body dies? Well, my soul. Also, you're agreeing then that you have a body that's just one part of you and a soul that's another part of you. You can at least go there. And, of course, they will. They have to. You might say, what would you, what would you say if there's a part of you that needs to be made alive in Christ called your spirit? And once you are alive in Christ by your spirit, by the Holy Spirit, you're connected to the Godhead. You're part of Him. He said, I am in them, they're in me. Um, that requires being born again. But I, I think a lot of the folks that follow Islam, that's what they got raised up doing. That's what they got taught. And then you just do it. I saw a little meme or a little video on Instagram this morning. It's this little kitten, this little cat. He'd been raised nothing but dogs in the house. Maybe more than a couple, the way it looked. And that little cat didn't meow. He'd stand up and bark. He'd go, <coughs> you know, Yeah, he was barking. He, that's how he figured this is how we communicate. So you get taught wrong. This, or, you know, Lot was considered a righteous man vexed by the place where he was living, Peter said. And, and his, how much he was tormented in his righteous soul by what was going on around him. Boy, Lot got a... I mean, God, what does God look at and call righteousness? Because it didn't look like Lot was righteous to me, especially interacting with his daughters. Drunk. Uh, you know... Oh, goodness, thank you. Soda water. Settles my stomach after I eat a lot. But God considered him righteous in spite of what he did. Is that mine or your dad's? It's yours. Oh, thank you, sir. I've got coffee. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Yeah. You have any others you want to add, sweetie? Just the ones I mentioned, Sharon, Faye's family. Mm -hmm. Mr. Earl, would you like any coffee? No, thank you. Okay. I'm fine. All right. And then uh, Larry McCoy, Yvonne's son. I have him on here. Pay for the peace of Jerusalem. We know when that comes, when he returns. That's another way of saying something. Amen. Mm -hmm. Wisdom for these times. Ace in the day. Yeah. He tells us in James 1, no, no excuse whatsoever for going around with no wisdom. No. Asking you'll have it. You know? <coughs> Forrest, my son, was talking about this one day. And, He's talking about intelligence and knowledge and wisdom. 
you're born with a certain amount of intelligence. That's just what you got. Okay. You either got good looks, average looks, not so good looks. When you know, and then you got how much intelligence? You got a little. You got an average amount? Are you above average intelligence? That's what you got. You don't gain. You don't gain intelligence. You can gain knowledge. You can have a little bit of intelligence, in fact, not very much, and go to school and become a medical doctor. See it all the time. They're not necessarily intelligent. <laughs> not busting on anybody, just say they're not necessarily intelligent. They don't see patterns and connect dots and say, well, wait a minute. They about killed Jerry here with the antibiotic he was allergic to. And he went back and checked on it again and they sent him out there and said nothing. And then we find this on the internet, Bactrim, and Jerry called and said, the only one of these symptoms or side effects of Bactrim I hadn't had yet is death. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, these are supposedly people that we, we worship doctors in this world. Now there's some great doctors out there. But I tell you what, I would never set foot again in, in one, any clinic unless I have people praying for me and praying to, you know, to guide those, those doctors. Um, we had a fellow, he was, we met him through the shooting school, and he made these wooden, he made that rooster. After he retired as an orthopedic surgeon, he was just needed some busy work, so he started making these um, pictures. Yeah, mosaics, the the lion and the lamb, that wooden thing in there in the living room. It's called intarsia. Yeah, he made, is that what it's called? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't stain the wood. You find the wood that's already the color of the piece you need. So uh, Peter Rickey, he moved out to Arizona. But he was talking about a particular surgery he had to do, which he said had about a 90% chance of paralyzing the person. And... um, I he, um, or, but it had to be done or they were going to just die. And he said, I remember walking in the operating room. And he said, on a few occasions, I remember looking at my hands like they were somebody else's. You know, and he said, everything went beautifully. He said, the person made a full recovery with no negative effects and he, he attributed God as the one who did that surgery not him sure, that's how you you know if you're going to have a doctor help you you got to go in with that with that prayer covering um, the best doctors I've encountered were all humble people mm-hmm. they were very humble and you could tell they had Christ you could tell it they had a piece of yeah. an air of uh, peace and wisdom to them we're going to um, join hands. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this assembly. We know you're in our midst. We pray for Marcos uh, that uh, the folks would bring the word of truth, the gospel, to his son would, would be plentiful and that the harvest be brought in. Our children and our grandchildren, all uh, Marta and Charles and the family members down down their way, uh, Sebron and uh, little Cameron. Our uh, prayer team, Gail and Janice and Ruby. And uh, Sharon May, a classmate of mine on the loss of a family, close family member. Uh, Larry McCoy, to find the blessings that he's looking for. Let us continue in prayer. Jenny Newberry, getting better, doing much better after heart trouble. 
Gail's prayer request. I don't know it, but she said, please be praying. This is G-A-Y-L-E. Um, and I do know who it is. Uh, Ruby and John and Bassie and Linda, uh, friends of the podcast and the study for President Trump, that uh, Satan's efforts to trouble him would come to a halt. Uh, Forrest and Christina, a uh, prayer for Bob's son, Mike, that he would just have understanding the loss of his sister. Pray for the world's um, uh, problems. Everyone in Israel and uh, lost family members. That's another piece of Jerusalem, nice. And um, Brandy Moore and all veterans. Peace for Jerusalem, it's on here three times. It's on our hearts, I think. Peace and safety for the USA. Protection for the children. Salvation for those lost. For Eric, for John, for Rex, for Ted. Deployed troops and family, families of Americans, Christians worldwide. Pastor Andy, Jessica, our pastors, our elders. Wisdom for these times that we're living in. Boldness for believers. And the touch that my father-in-law needs tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that he find absolute perfection of blessing. And we just thank you, Lord, for loving us, for keeping us, for meeting every need. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let me something up here. I got that big old Bible. I, I felt bad for the person that sold it. Had it on eBay. It starting bid a dollar, so I don't know. I put like ten dollars. Nobody else bid. I got it for a dollar. I gave him a little more. It was like nineteen forty six, I think. It was right after World War II. That thing was printed up. You know, it's about yay square. It's about that thick. It's huge. King James, of course, and it's got some real nice pictures. Some of y'all have seen that thing. Mm -hmm. It's back there in the bedroom. I, it really ought to be on a pulpit somewhere, you know? Um, it's where people can appreciate it and read from it. I don't know if Andrew would like to have it out there, but that'd be fine with me. Let's look at Psalm 133. 133? 133. Pretty short psalm. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. My little part of tonight, I just want to talk about that. Dwelling together in unity and, and of one accord and of one mind. Let's read the rest of it. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. 
that oil, of course, that the priest, like Aaron, was anointed with, uh, represents the Holy Spirit. And it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I did a cross-reference um, quickie on the computer, and I, there was too many verses to write down, but I did write some of them down. So 1 Corinthians... You know, we see divisions right now in in the in the denominations out there, and then even divisions in denominations. You know, uh, over you know some say, well, women can preach. Oh, yeah, there's no problem. The only reason women couldn't preach back in Paul's day is Paul said he was a chauvinist. You know, and there you're listening to somebody that's unregenerate. I'm sorry. You know, they don't understand who wrote this word. Um, no, there are stipulations. And then I once heard one, well, no, you can't be a deacon and be a woman. Well, Phoebe was. According to uh, Romans 16, Phoebe was called a, and the Greek was deaconess. It just means a servant, you know. But as far as the pastor, no. Got to be a guy. And, and I, nobody's being a chauvinist. You know, it's just the way the Lord had it. Uh, verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 1, he says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. So see, this started right away, just right out of the gate. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, that's Peter, and I of Christ. Oh, we, not, we got four right there. He said, is Christ divided? Verse 13. Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Oh, that's far enough with that. You know, when these Paul... The apostle writes sometimes rhetorical questions, right? That you know the answer is no, no, no. And um, the the thing is that these folks have these different ideas. Now you can almost maybe forgive them. They didn't have this. You know, they didn't have really the New Testament. They had what the apostles taught. Of course, somehow Peter teaches that, well, we've got to keep the, the Mosaic law and we can't eat these unclean animals. And, uh, and we, I can't sit down with the, hey, babe, Johnny needs ejected. He's right behind me. He's, He's actually behind me. right here. Yeah. All right, That's Johnny Rotten. Um, they didn't have this. We've got less of an excuse in this age. And that's been the case ever since the, the New Testament was finished. The, um, the truth is all here. Now, if you're following a doctrine, and every now and then you're going through one of Paul's letters, one of the Gospels, Peter's, John's, um, oh, you hit a speed bump. 
And another speed bump. Oh boy, doctrinal turbulence here. The Calvinists do this all the time. And I rail on Calvinists a lot, but I do because I believe that is the vilest form of blasphemy Satan ever came up with. Because they're sliding right into the congregation. Masquerading out there. Now, are there people that follow Calvinist doctrine that are really saved? Yes. I think they're saved Catholics. God looks on the heart, right? But these Calvinists really need to examine themselves. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. How could you accuse God of what they teach? Very, very strange. Very, very strange. They make God a schizophrenic. Oh, I'm willing all to be saved. Wink, nod, ain't going to save all of you. I'm not willing to perish, except all you want to elect over there, wink, nod. Come on, that's schizophrenia. And then they make him out to be a masochist because he's long-suffering. So God's causing himself to suffer. Who does that? Masochist. That's blasphemous doctrine. So these divisions, we had four right here in 1 Corinthians 10, and I'm sure that weren't the only four. Apollos had a string of people that he was tootling, but Apollos did not even have the Holy Spirit. According to Acts um, 18, he only knew John's baptism. Priscilla and Aquila, didn't they have to explain the, the gospel to Apollos more perfectly? But he's going around without the Holy Spirit. All he, he has is John's right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apollos, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I guess it did now that you mention it. But um, we get into Acts 19 and those believers that Paul encountered uh, by whose baptism? Well, John's. And he said, well, that's just a baptism of repentance. And then he says, he's been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Yeah. Acts 19. And said, upon hearing that what Paul said, he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, they were. And then he laid hands on them, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Got to have Christ first. And have him first. And then you can receive the Holy Spirit. Um... You got people out there teaching that don't have the Holy Spirit. You got people out there trying to break down the Bible. Did we talk about the Deutero-Isaiah thing? These pointy-headed intellectuals in these theological cemeteries say, well, that's Deuteronomy. <laughs> the Deutero-Isaiah, I meant to say. Um, because the first 39 chapters of Isaiah sound a certain way. And they think that the last 27 chapters of Isaiah was written by somebody else. You ever hear this? Uh, but Jesus and the Gospels said, Here Isaiah says thus and such. And he said, And over here Isaiah says thus and such. That's out of the first 39 and then now the last 27. I don't remember who pointed it out, but it's brilliant. I think it was Missler. There's 66 chapters in Isaiah. There's 66 books in the Bible. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah sound a certain way. The first 39 books of the Bible is the Old Testament. And the last 27, New Testament. That's just a little thumbprint of the Lord. Just saying, you know, you've got the right Bible. The Catholics have added a bunch of stuff that don't belong. 
They even jacked up the Ten Commandments so that they could uh, have their graven images. Well, they split one and made it ten, but they got rid of the graven image thing. You know, because they were all about that. Jesus told his disciples, no one should call, don't call anyone on earth father. You've only got one father, your father in heaven. Well, they do. Knock on that little panel. Forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. Yeah, that's a dude sitting over there. That ain't God. Anyway, the divisions happen because of lack of study and people that really haven't taken the time. We're not going to get it all right perfectly in our own hearts and minds, but I think the Lord expects us to be getting as much of it as we can. You know, if, a, if the room's in a mess, you don't just say, well, I'm not going to bother picking anything up because I'm never going to get it all. No, study. Get as much of it as you can. So, um, I have 1 Peter 3.8 next to look at. What do you think about the, the, the apostles, uh, like Paul, was able to, to um, able to pass the Holy Spirit on to laying on hands laying on hands uh, and of course I don't I don't believe that's going on today I don't think the Holy Spirit's imparted that way that I know of well you know if if someone was ready to receive the Holy Spirit and a true man of God or even a woman of God laid their hands and prayed of course, Paul said, don't lay hands on anybody hastily. I think it means just be careful. You know, make sure that it's of the Lord, not just your own idea, maybe. But, um, I, uh, can't tell you the day I got saved. It's, it, I can tell you that it was, I was reading in this Bible in Ephesians, trying to win an argument with the guy that said I could lose my salvation over the internet. And I'm in here looking up verses to support my end of it all. And then he's firing right back. And I just, I'm reading though. And he's, God said the word, his word would not return void. So I'm reading. And it just hit me. You know this is all true. Right? Why would you be searching for ways to bolster your point of view in this Bible if you didn't think it was true? So that changed me, just a few days. You know, I, I would take this Bible, I'd ride out on my motorcycle and I'd sit somewhere and I'd read. And I went out in the parkway one time and um, I, uh, it, was, it was probably this time of year, so I had my, my, my leather jacket. And I pulled off one of those places on my motorcycle where pull off and look over nobody was there so I went over there sat down on a rock got my Bible out opened right here this was uh, September I'm sorry yeah it was September 17th 2006 
well, about half a dozen more motorcycles come in. They were together. They were cutting up, carrying on, opening the saddlebags, getting out beer, throwing it back. And I was just off to myself. Okay. Well, I'm just going to put my Bible up here in my lap a little bit. And I took my leather jacket and I kind of cloaked the sides of my body there and where maybe they wouldn't see me reading the Bible. And God knew that was going to happen, and he knew where he wanted me to open this book. And I said, okay, I'm ready to read. Verse 16 of Romans 1, I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. That's what's known as called out. A big time called out. You know, I've not forgotten that. And I began to see God doing little things like that. That I just knew, and we've all had this happen. God, that had to be you. But um, studying, showing yourself approved. First Peter 3, verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. That means to be concerning about each other. And, 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 and be you know, aware of each other's needs. Pity others if they have a need. Mm -hmm. Be courteous. Verse 9, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrariwise, blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. Calling there for unity. Gospel of John. I'll just read these. Y'all don't have to all turn to them. Uh, and this is in uh, John chapter 13, and it's going to be uh, verse 35. Uh, and I just, as again, I pulled this off of a cross-reference of that Psalm 133, verse 1. John 13, 35, Jesus said, By this all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. If you really love somebody and they've got a little bit of a different thing, different view on something, you don't disrespect them. You have to be careful of it. You know, you can't do the Holy Spirit's work. You can ask a question, maybe point them in the right direction, Show them a little speed bump here or there. I'll show you one for a Seventh-day Adventist there a little bit. Uh, what do we have uh, in uh, Philippians 2? And it'll be verses 2 through 5. He says, fulfill you, my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each other esteem other better than themselves. I'm going to read a little further. Verse 4, look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, 
which was also in Christ Jesus. Okay. Lots of places calling for unity. Um, we go to Ephesians, and that's going to be chapter 4, and this will be 3 through 6. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. He's in you. As, as harsh as Paul got with particularly the Corinthians, he never once told them that they weren't saved. He gave them some strong admonishments that they could lose reward get to heaven with your coattails smoking, but he didn't say that was saved. And I've really been thinking on this outer darkness thing Earl shared last week. That's, he's right. I mean, well, you know, you, it, these are servants and, you know, the, 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 the talents. It said that he brought all of his servants together and gave one five talents and one, what was it, uh, two and then another just one. And, uh, they were his servants. He's an unprofitable servant, but he's a servant. He did not earn any reward, and he, he wept, I'm sure, and will at the Bema Seat judgment. I have nothing. You know, look at him. Look at his glory. What does it feel like to be in his presence? And I don't have anything. Weeping, gnashing of teeth. Will that be for the whole millennium? I hope not. I hope that... God will, just like he did Peter, you can certainly, I think, say Peter was weeping and gnashing his teeth when he had denied Christ three times. But Jesus brought him back. So, um, you know, Christ talks in John 17 about this, uh, and he's praying uh, about this unity. And, um, you know, in verse 21, he says, <laughs> that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be in one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And I'll finish my part of tonight in Romans 14. Had a seventh day Adventist young lady uh, calling for backup on the two-way radio that day. They come around knocking on doors, <laughs> and uh, you know, I asked her, "Are you are you a vegetarian?" See, they teach you cannot eat meat. I guess that came from Ellen White in that great controversy book. I guess. Um, she said, no, we don't eat meat. You know, it's it's against the law of God to, to eat meat. So let's look at Romans 14, the beginning. Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. So we don't get a funny idea of what that phrase is talking about. I'm going to read out of the non-inspired version here. Missler, Missler said, uh, 
NIV positive, are you? You ever hear that one? Oh, yeah. NIV positive. Oh, yeah. Romans 14. Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. I think that's the right rendering of that. Yeah. You know, don't judge him on disputable matters. It says here, For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Ooh. So you're weak in the faith if you're if you're wanting to be a vegetarian. Now, like I said before, there's a way to be a vegetarian and, and not fly in the face of everybody else and, and upset everybody else. Say, well, you know, I really like the book of Daniel. You know, and Daniel said, I'm not eating off that king's table. I can eat these vegetables and I'll be just fine. And he was. And so that's the way to take that. But to tell somebody you're eating a hamburger and you're going to hell for it, <laughs> this, this, this yeah. don't fly. Well, Paul said that we're not going to go back under the beggarly things of the law. And, and, the, and the Seventh-day Adventists want to put themselves under the law constantly and, and the ordinances and things. But the funny thing is, they don't keep the law. They can't keep the law because, number one, there's no place to, uh, uh, you know, offer Doesn't dead matter. animals. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The Hebrew roots people do that too. But it's just, yeah. it's, you know, if it weren't, it'd be comical if it, if it weren't so sad that they get wrapped around that axle. You know, uh, Paul talks so much about Christian liberty in 1 Corinthians 6. Yeah. You know, uh, all things are permissible for me, but all things aren't good for me. I can do anything I want to, but it might end up not being good for me. You know, um, you that live the wrong way. Yeah. You live the wrong way, you're not going to, you know, lose salvation. You're just going <laughs> to lose reward and you may get cut short in this life. You may take your temple down. And enjoy. Yes. But it goes on in Romans 14. That we accept each other. Um, verse 3, The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. What did that girl say after you showed her that? She got on the radio and brought in her heavy hitter from down the street. They were painting the neighborhood, you know, and... Um, she was trying to get donations to help her in her seminary. And I said, you're going to Ellen White School. And she said, well, you know. I said, okay. Uh, she was sweet. This young black gal, very, very humble, very sweet. She, going by what she had been taught. Right? And I gave her $20. I said, this is gas for your car. You go shopping. You go have some fun. But this does not go toward Ellen White School. <laughs> <laughs> Or to go buy a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about a lot of these vegetarians and vegans, uh, there's apparently a difference. I don't, I don't think it's worth mm -hmm. even noting what it is, but they're always trying to make something that's not meat taste like meat. Yeah. Like these veggie burger patties, oh, it tastes just like hamburger. No, it don't. <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't. Just like his sausage, they get that fake sausage in it. It's a lie. It's like sausage, but it don't it's taste not. like it. It's like drinking. Oh, duels. <laughs> no, no, no alcohol in the beer. Uh, and it goes on, one man 
Okay, I'll finish uh, earlier. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? Romans 14, it's like verse 4. To his own master he stands or falls. And he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another. I took her through this. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. If you really believe that you have to worship on Saturday, then do that. You've got to have to be fully convinced. He who regards one day as special, he does so to the Lord. But he who, who's, um, I'm sorry, he who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. So we started out with Psalm 133 in Christian fellowship. God just doesn't want us divided over the basic tenets of salvation, the deity of Christ, the, the, the Trinity. Um, and the way we kind of ward off a lot of bogus doctrine as we study more. We read more, we understand more. Those Jehovah Witnesses are changing the Bible every time you turn around. They're definitely not happy with the Bible God gave them. They're making, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was a God. That's what they <coughs> Somehow, however, in verse 14, that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Is God. Um, but people would rather adhere to the doctrines of men. Very hard to extract a Jehovah Witness from that cult. They are taught that there will be people out there who are deceivers and serving Satan. They're going to try to get you off of the truth that we've shown you. They start them up young teaching them that. So anytime the truth comes along, they look at it like it's got to be a lie. But our, our Christian fellowship is important and the way we handle each other, you know, doctrinally is important. We have a truth model. And our truth model is in a state of change as we learn more we'll move something here well you know what this piece really did fit over here i just didn't realize it kind of thing but this tells you how to put it together i remember the first model car i ever built and i was probably about five and i got that glue out and i got that car out and then these are shiny chrome valve covers well, i broke them right out of that parts tree there and them's going to look real good glued to the roof of this car. <laughs> and that's what I did. Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't reading the instructions. I, I never got that <coughs> thing put together either. I was too young. Nobody was showing me anything. But by the Holy Spirit, you're taught. First John 2, verse 27, you don't need anything other than him and His word, the Word of God, and, and he will teach you. So um, 
it's kind of hard to balance, you know, when somebody just spouts something off that you know isn't true. Well, you better do right. You're going to lose your <laughs> salvation. You'll backslide into hell. The best thing to say to those people is, does God know right now, right this minute, if you're going to be in heaven with him in the end? And most of them have to admit that, yeah, he, he does know. I said, well, if he knows you're not going to make it, if he knows you're going to backslide somewhere down the line, do you think he's going to call you saved today? And if it really worked that way, wouldn't he kind of pluck you off of the tree before you went rotten? Gives him something to think about. I'm finished. Can I, can I yes. ask a question about the Hebrews 6 thing? You know, I know that we've been through this. I still got some kind of mental block there. There it is. Thanks. Use Benny Hinton. Four through six. That's it. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing that they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Think about Judas. Was he enlightened? Did he taste of the heavenly gifts? He was probably, by the power of Jesus, causing people to get rid of their demons. He was right there, one of them. Um, he'd been made a partaker. He'd seen the power of the Holy Spirit. And he tasted a good word. How could he not have? And the powers of the world to come. Was he ever saved? No, he wasn't. He was in the midst. He was on his way to the inner court. The outer court, inner court, holy of holies. He didn't make it into the holy of holies. He, he did not receive the Holy Spirit of God. And without that, you're never saved. Now, there's a lot of people. There's an entourage around Jesus that fell away. John chapter 6, verse 66. Interesting uh, address. Uh, they walked away from that day. Many of them walked away and followed him no more. They'd been following him. They'd been. They'd seen what he was doing. They'd okay. seen the miracles. They were partaking. They knew what it was, but somehow chose the world instead. You know, if I, if I told you my favorite cake's a red velvet cake. You've heard this before, right? Probably. And you make me that cake. I heard you like red velvet. I do. Well, I got one for you. Why don't you come over by and get it? Well, I'll get by in a day or two, and I don't come. And about the third day, so this cake isn't going to keep forever. I'm going to stop by your house, and we're bringing this cake. All right, I'll be home after five. Bring that cake. Cut me a slice, put it on the plate, hand me the plate and the fork, and I take a bite of it. That's good. Take me another bite. I appreciate you making me a cake, Bob. Uh, it's a good cake, but I, I just, I don't want it. Maybe I don't want to feel obligated to you. See, if I take this gift, I'm going to be obligated to you. So I'm going to, you take this cake on out of here with you. That's what they do. That's your Hebrews 6 person who knew what they were rejecting. These people knew what they were rejecting when they fell away. Okay? Yeah. 
Thanks. No problem. Now, Earl. I don't know where to start, but let's, you talk about learning and knowing and separating the truth. Let's go to one verse. Then we'll talk about something else. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. We all know John 3, 16. <coughs> but let's do uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now that means God breathed. Now this is talking about the original Scripture. It's not talking about the translation. This is talking about the original Scripture. And it's profitable for doctrine. That means what is right. Mm -hmm. For reproof, that means what's not right. For correction, that means how to get it right. And for inspiration in righteousness, that means how to keep it right. Now, what we've got to do is study the Scripture and not listen to every Tom, Dick, and Harry what they believe, you know. And what does it compare Scripture with Scripture? Line on line. How many of you have ever heard of double inspiration? It's not biblical. But I used to hear, and he was, he was a good man, a, a reasonably good preacher. But he was so hung up. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The King James is a good, good translation. But it is a translation. But he said, now, we know the, all Scripture. That means the original. There's no mistakes in the original. When God wrote, inspired, inspired these 40 authors, 38 I believe, to write the Scripture, there's no mistakes. But this preacher believes that they were inspired here. And in 1611 came on, along, they were inspired again. That is simply not biblical. That 1611's version, we couldn't sit here and read anyway. Couldn't read a bit of it. But he said, you've got the 1611 in your lap. <laughs> no, you got something der der deriving from 1611. Yeah, no, we got the 1769 mm -hmm. right now. It's basically what the, uh, King James is. <clears throat> but we don't have the 1611. Are there any errors in the translation of different people? Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. These errors in. Uh, the King James may be one of the most notable ones, and, and it, it's the most admired. Yes. Admired, yes. But the biggest, one of the biggest uh, errors in the King James is Acts twelve four. Somebody look at that just a moment. That's Easter. Yeah, that's Easter. It's this Pascha was the word that was uh -huh. interpreted. But they got not only got the wrong word, they got the wrong feast day. It's Passover and not first fruits. If you if you study that out. They did plug in the word Easter there. Um, I wondered about that, but the um, you know there was this trans there was this book put out by Alexander Hislop in the middle eighteen hundreds, which has been rebuked and been completely. What's the name of the book? The Two Babylons. I got it. Yeah. Uh, look up Ralph Woodrow's work on that. That dude had no foundation for anything he put in there. Mm -hmm. He had a bullseye painted on the Catholic Church, which is fine, but <laughs> he um, he invented that. The Ishtar <coughs> came in out come out of heaven with a rabbit that laid eggs. Uh, that's what he said. His look said that and he had footnotes in there leading you to the um, Encyclopedia of Egypt, which exists. But at the time that came out you couldn't just go down to your local library and find that. 
I don't know if you'd have to go all the way to Cairo. I don't know, but the when they really checked, they said, well, he's referencing this entry in the Cyclopedia of Egypt. It doesn't have anything to do with this. It just made it look legit. Um, you know, and, and it, it, the I, I have a, a study I do just sometime in early December, which I believe supports the December 25th birthday to Christ. And I give the reasons why. But um, not that that matters. But, of course, you know, Hislop said, nah, that, that, that's, that's uh, Saturnalia. That's a uh, pagan feast. They don't really have much on that. Was there such? I'm sure there were. But, uh, you know, and, and he says Easter. Well, that's uh, Ishtar. That's that woman that, with the rabbit that lays eggs. But Ishtar means a star. And, you know, Hadassah, what name did she get in the Old Testament? Esther. It's the same thing. So, I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, KJV has some interesting points, but you know, what is it? A uh, two different creatures in the in the Psalms. It is a Psalm that one of them is a, a spider and one of them is something else. You know, you run across and you look at the actual actual Hebrew, and it doesn't say spider. But the King James said spider. And you look at the Greek in Acts 12, 4. It doesn't say, it doesn't say uh, Easter, Ishtar, or anything. It says Pascha, which was their Passover. You know, so I get what you're saying. You know, uh, I think, you know, with what God has allowed us to have in his way of thinking it must be sufficient you know if we were writing a, someone else's biography and we say well Bob went to school in Podunk Mississippi and Bob's looking over my shoulder he would tap me on the shoulder and say that's not where I went to school fix that oh where'd you go to school Biloxi did you no <laughs> if you're telling a story I'll help I went to I went to Biloxi to school in the Air Force but um, you would correct it. A human being would correct that. If God leaves something like that, really in the King James, it's the most prolific translation in the world and probably will continue to be. It puts things differently. It puts them a bit more reverently. Sometimes it says the same thing. You know, that NIV, um, it has some shortcomings. They question the existence of the last... Um, part of Mark 16. Those verses don't belong. Apparently God sat there on his throne in heaven and said, don't put those, please, those are wrong. Anybody, somebody, there they went. They went down. They got copied. They're in the most prolific, prolific version of the, of the Bible. I have to assume one of two things. Either God found himself incapable of fixing that or he wanted it that way. Or at least allowed it to be that way, you could say. But um, it's like in Proverbs seven, tells you to return it to full moon, the new moon, at the, the appointed time. It's it's full the full moon. moon. The well, NIV has. Well, yeah, I know, but there's another translation that has new moon. The Hebrew is kesa for that word, and it means the appointed time, but uh, the, but if it actually means full moon. So 
which is why I say the rapture happens on a full moon, but I could be wrong. That's happened. But um, I didn't mean to derail. I was, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because we don't have time to do it, and Paul will never have time to do it. How many of you are interested in the book of Daniel? I want to make time to do this. Yeah, sure. I do want to make time to do this. Now, I don't know if a different day of the week we could like hit it every other week or something like that uh, and just have a light snack and coffee or something and get together uh, and just you take the whole show. Now, Larry will have to tell me, it, it takes me longer to t get the introduction down than it does most people to teach a lesson. Uh, I'm slow when it comes to pro especially prophecy. Uh, I want to know who the who the prince of Persia was supposed to be that waylaid the angel. Well, he was probably a demon if you want to get technical about it. A fallen angel. Yeah. Probably. Uh, now, I don't believe a fallen angel and a demon is the same thing. I don't either. That's correct. One of them is far more powerful than the other one. Well, a it, demon. It, it was uh, a demonic force. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself this question. Does the United States have a, a queen of or a absolutely does the United States have a prince of, of uh, United States like probably every city every major country there's a lot of really yeah, troubling true. things about this country and what we have on our currency and that Washington monument and some other things is very troubling it didn't come from God but he overlooked it could we do something right fast here yeah. and, and get it down go to Daniel chapter 1 you don't have to hurry. Good place to start. And uh, now, th does everybody understand the most far-reaching, in-depth prophecy in the whole Bible is Daniel 9, mm -hmm. the last four verses. Does everybody understand the difference between the 70 weeks and the 70 weeks? Yes. Okay. If everybody understands that, then you're well on the way. But go to Daniel chapter 1. And read verse 1 and 2. Just somebody read it to me. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. Verse 2 as well. Uh -huh. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. Okay, who, who's he? Is Nebuchadnezzar, right? Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, now this is the invasion of Nebuchadnezzar in Jerusalem. Now, remember, it, it's taken 19 years for it to complete the whole invasion. 605, 598, and 587 B.C. And we'll get into that. But what Nebuchadnezzar was doing, his father's name was Nebuchadnezzar. And he was left back in, in Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar was in Koshimus. That's between Israel and Egypt. Fighting a battle. And, and wiping out the remains of the e Egyptian Empire. Go on, Heights. He, he got word that his father had passed away. And in order for him to be there, to take control, he had to be there on the throne. So he was on the way back. He had to pass through Jerusalem. And he happened to remember what his great, great, great grandfather had told him about, we just read in verse 2, of the vessels. Mm -hmm. Now let's go to check out of there, chapter 39. It's only eight verses. We'll read it and we'll knock it off there. Isaiah 39. Yeah, now there's a lot in this to remember. Not in this particular chapter, 
Now, remember when Hezekiah was sick? Yeah, 15 years. 15 years. God gave him extra 15 years. There was two things happened in that 15 years that was absolutely destructive to Israel. Number one, he had a son, uh, Manasseh, which was the worst king that the southern kingdom has ever had. And this is the second thing that he did. And I'm going to read this. I'm reading from the New King James. That's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm reading from the Joel Witnesses, okay? They're <laughs> <laughs> not quite that good. Now remember, this was in 701 B.C. when Nebuchadnezzar invaded Jerusalem. Yes. What you just read was in 605 B.C. Mm -hmm. Okay, at that time, Murdoch Baladon, the son of Baladon, now that's Nebuchadnezzar's great, great, great grandfather, king of Babylon sent letters and presented to Hezekiah, and he heard that he had been sick and had recurred. And Hezekiah was pleased with them and showed them in the house where his treasures and silver and gold and spices and the precious ornaments and all the armory that was found among the treasures. There was nothing in his house that, uh, or in his dominion that Hezekiah did not show him. In other words, Hezekiah showed the king of Babylon everything in the temple. Not why, stupid. Everything in the temple. Yeah. And that's how Nebuchadnezzar knew that what was in the temple. Mm. In verse 3, and, and Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and said to the, him, Where did these men say, and from where did they come from uh, to you? And Hezekiah said, They came to me from a far country from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house, and there is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming. When all that is in your house and your fathers has accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon, nothing shall be left, says the Lord God. And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, from you will beget, and you shall be eunuchs in the place of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah went on and said, At least it be peace in my day. Now, that's exactly what happened. And when, when Nebuchadnezzar was going back to take the throne, he remembered what Bundarak Baladon had said, and he invaded and took some of the treasures and took some of the hostages. And that's when Daniel, Meshach, um, Shadrach, and Abednego was taken. Now, we, pick, we can pick it up next time and go on, or we can just do the 70 weeks. Either thing you guys want to do. Why don't we do all you, all Daniel, next all Thursday? All Daniel, absolutely. Yeah. Next Thursday, if you can, if you don't if get sidetracked, if I can be here now, I'm, I'm not, don't know what I've got to do until I get to work on Thursday morning. Yeah, yeah, just uh, give us a Jerry a heads up if, yeah, if uh, you're going to be here because I won't prepare anything. Now, let me let me get this in order too while I'm, I'm doing this, and I think I've got, it I've got notes on it somewhere. The book of Daniel is not chronological. Uh, Let me see if I can find it. I think they're taking the book of Daniel out of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Got one of them corrupt versions. Yeah. Uh, I've heard them guys referred to as uh, my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. Well, <laughs> now, what, what is going on here? Daniel, you see, is God my judge, and, and his uh, Babylonian name was Baal Tereshazzar. Yeah. God, may God, may Baal protect you. Uh, Hananiah was Jehovah is gracious, and Shadrach is Ra, R-A-U. Uh, Michelle is who is like God, and Meshach is who is like Venus. 
Azariah is Jehovah his keeper, and Abednego is servant to Nego. So they're pagan names versus religious mm-hmm. names. Yeah. Now, I'll t- we'll get into it next week. I had it written down somewhere. But Daniel is not chronological. It's like the book of yeah. Revelation. Now, the first six verses of Daniel is chronological. Chapters. Uh, the first chapters. Yeah, the first six chapters is chronological. It, it's talked about the whole 70 years in Babylon. Chapter 7 through 12 is the visions that they had within that 70 years. That is including chapter 1, verse 6. Now, why were they taken into Babylon? Why was the captivity ordained to God? They hadn't kept that Sabbath year for... Yep. The sabbatical year. You read the letters, chapter 25, the first seven verses, sometime this week, and see why they... It says, when you come into your land, that Joshua was t- took them in, they had certain rules they had to do. And one of them was to work the land for six years. On the seventh year, don't do anything, let it lay how long. So it replenishes it. That's right. Yeah. There you go. Now, if you violated seven sabbatical years, how many normal years would have to be violated? That was 490. 495. Now, 483 of those years has been fulfilled. They say one week. The Lord pressed pause. Yeah. Yep. Amen. We call Nebuchadnezzar's brother Nebi. Well, I think we see Nebi. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, you know. That's it's such a, uh, the greatest exaltation of the Lord. In chapter four. Yes, mm-hmm. and yeah. he wrote that. Yep. Is this okay. after the, the men were put into the furnace and looked in there? And oh, yeah. Let me put three in there. How come there's four dudes in That there? dude was Darius, wasn't it? Let's see, that was Darius was the lion's den. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar was the. Oh, well, Nebuchadnezzar had a. Uh, it was the Holy Spirit, wasn't it? The fourth man. Jesus. I thought Jesus. Jesus. I thought so too. The same time he just. One like unto the Son of Man, Chapter which means it is the Son of Man. Yeah. Just briefly, you know, we can talk about another time. That's right. Because our, our guest last Christ week, it's not here this week, was hammering on. Melchizedek was was uh, just as uh, absolutely he, that he and I said that's Jesus Christ. Nope, wasn't Christ. And I said, well, he's if he wasn't Christ, he's equal to him. He's and even Missler said he wasn't Christ. Yeah, I say he was, but because Missler used he said it says like unto the Son of Man. Yeah. I said well, we see that in Daniel too. The one in the furnace was like unto. I, said, I think that's just another because he had without beginning of days without father and mother. I mean, that, that's possible it could have been an angel, but I don't think so. I, I think it's so either. I, think I it's do too. I'm going to say it was Jesus. Yeah, yeah but, that's uh, why they were dancing because he showed up. And, yeah. <laughs> How can you not? Right. Chapter 2. Okay, go ahead. Jerry, close this okay. brother. Father, we vow to thank you for your word and what a, a wonderful thing it is to know some of the things that you have put down. Help us to learn more of it and be more attentive and be more studious as your word says to study to show ourselves approved unto God a faithful servant that rightly divides the word. Help us God because we're, we're not all that bright but we know that your spirit is and we pray God that you would help us in those areas and, uh, and as far as uh, this house I pray your blessing upon it and Christian and Daniel as they Host this Bible study and are faithful. And bless us all as we go, and may we return next appointed time and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Gentlemen, uh, down